Our scripture reading comes to us today from Paul's letter to the Romans, the eighth chapter, beginning in what we have as the first verse and reading through verse 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does have the Spirit of Christ does not have the Spirit of Christ, does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, then the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit that dwells in you. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We've almost got the singing down, down pat, now I'm telling you. I still noticed a couple of you are looking in your blue back hymnals. I just leave them in the rack until the end of July. Uh, and then we'll go back to the ones that are in the blue back, but right now we're still in the Cokesbury. I've had a couple of folks say they didn't like the songs last week because they didn't know them. Well, thank Art that he is preparing you for heaven. Because the scripture tells us that when we get around the throne of God, we will sing a new song. So we're teaching you to sing something other than the three that you normally go to. I will also say don't feel bad if you are in your 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s and a 44-year-old happens to know more songs than you do. I'm just saying because we ain't sung one yet that I ain't heard before. But I will tell you, there is one thing we're missing. Now, Art, I need you to close your ears on that, because I don't know if you know this or not. Art is a highly trained musician. I mean, we, we have the best here at Bluff Park. We have Art. We have Jay. Come on. They are absolutely awesome in what they do in their ministries. This choir is amazing. Did you know this past Christmas they sang the Camille Sen song Christmas Oratorio? This year they're already got some stuff working on. Let me tell you, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. It's almost time. Almost time. <laughs> but you see, when we're doing this music, we just don't need to just sing the music. We need to sing the alsos. You know, you got soprano, alto, tenor, bass, and also. Also means you also sing, and also's are the scoops. And, the, and the, you know, the notes are there as a suggestion. <laughs> so like when we're singing the unclouded day, it is not, oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. The way you sing it is, 
Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Right? You see that here? That's good. That's the also's. You got to pay extra money to go to Dollywood to hear that type of singing. And we're bringing it to you for free. So y'all just sit back, praise God, and think about the words that we're singing. Because not only are these words to hymns that many of us grew up with that remind us of those little country churches that we came from, but they also teach us what it is that we believe. I guarantee you, no matter who you are, you can quote more verses of hymns by memory than you can passages of Scripture by heart. And I don't mean that as a slam, because good hymn writing is Scripture set to music. And let me tell you, I don't know a whole lot for certain, but I do believe what the Bible teaches me. And do you know I cannot find a single reference in Scripture where it says, hurry up and get to heaven because you got some great preaching there. Can't find a single preacher that seems to have made it. But it does talk about the singing. And it talks about the glory that we're going to share around God's throne. So what we're doing right now is just a little foretaste of glory divine. You know, so if you, if you don't like the music, that's okay. You got a few more years before you just really got to get on board with it. Because once we get to heaven, it seems like that's what we're going to be doing an awful lot of, right? And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But I am going to also tell you that the offertory made me change the sermon for today. Um, because I started thinking about the words that accompany the offertory. And where it says, nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee, in though it be a cross that raiseth me. Still all my songs shall be nearer my God to thee. Nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. And that whole hymn, that whole song is about, it doesn't matter what comes at me in this life. I want to be close to God. I want to be close to God whether it's a great day or whether it's a horrible day. I want to be close to God and near to God even if it's a cross that I'm nailed to. I'm willing to abandon everything to follow God. And I got to thinking about that. You know, there's a lot of songs that talk about dying for Christ, right? I mean, stop and think about it. The Unclouded Day talks about how awesome it's going to be when we transition from this life and go fully into the life eternal. And that's a source of comfort and of hope and of promise that we have for all of our loved ones that have gone on before us. Nearer my God to thee talks about being willing to surrender this life. I mean, Paul himself says, what good does it, does it for me if I have everything in this life, but rather to live as Christ and to die as gain? But have you ever thought about it? That how easy it is to die for Christ, but how much more difficult it is to live for Christ. I mean, stop and think about this for a second. Dying's relatively easy. Everybody does it. All you have to do is stop breathing long enough, and you will transition. I guarantee it. But to live for Christ, that's the choice you have to make every day. That's a thought and an attitude in every single moment, in every decision, in every conversation. I want to invite you 
to do something a bit uncomfortable. I have been here for over a year now. I've got two weeks, and a year and two weeks, so I have been here for a year and two weeks. And I've never once asked, to, asked you to, like, audience participation until right now. Because <laughs> I got told at that little onboarding thing not to do this. But it's been a year and two weeks, come on. Play with me just for a minute. I want to invite you to take just 10 seconds to look at someone sitting next to you. Really look at them. Look at them in the eyes. Look at them. Look at their face. I know this sounds dumb, but I promise you I've got a point, okay? Go with me on my madness just for a second. Especially if it's your spouse. Let me just say that. Especially if you're sitting next to your spouse. Ready? Go ahead and start, and I'll count it down. Go. All right, all right, good, good. I do want to say I, I did get tickled because I didn't ask y'all to talk, but by golly, y'all handle that no worse. <laughs> Here's what I, the reason why I asked you that. Did you look into their eyes? Congratulations. Did you realize that you just looked into the face of God? Is it not told to us in Scripture that we are created in the very image of God? Yes or no? Are we not told that out of all of creation, we bear the fingerprints of God? That somehow, in some way, this is what God looks like, which means God's fluffy. That's what I keep trying to say. We believe that we are working on reaching Christian perfection and love in this lifetime. I learned in an art class that a sphere is a perfect shape. Therefore, I'm trying to reach perfection in all things. But did the thought cross your mind that as you're looking into the face of the person next to you, that they're made in the image of God just like you? And that means on our best days, yay, we've done something awesome. It's by the grace and love of God. And on our worst days, praise God, God has still got us. And on our days where the person that we looked at got on our ever-loving last nerve and you think that they are an idiot. They are still made in the image of God. <laughs> you're made in the image of God, and so is the person that you're arguing with. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Because you see my point, or I'm hoping you're beginning to see my point. Dying for Christ, yeah, let's go. Grab a picket, grab a pitchfork, go march on something, and die and be done. We'll write a book about you. But to live for Christ, to live in each moment in that tension, to live in each moment knowing that who you are talking with is made in the same image of God as you, they just may not recognize it yet. And to remember in every interaction that you bear the witness of Christ. That's something different, isn't it? How do our interactions change? when we stop and we think about the fact that we are the messengers of God for this day and this time. That we fall in the line 
of the saints and the apostles and the disciples that have come before us. That we carry on the great commandment and the great commission to love God with everything that we are, to love our neighbor as ourselves, and to go forth and to proclaim the good news just as it has been taught to us. That's a heavy thing. You know, really, that's what Paul's getting to in this passage. Last week, we talked about the first part of it. I, I, I reminded you that, that, you know, letters weren't originally written in chapter and verse, and they were really intended to start at the beginning and read all the way through. And last week, we, talk, we heard Paul tell us about how, you know, man, I do the things that I don't want to do. And in fact, there's things that I do that I know I shouldn't do, and I even know I shouldn't do them as I'm doing it, but I still do it anyway. And I don't know why I do that, and I just, I just eat myself up with that. And it drives me crazy, and it hurts, and it makes me angry with myself, and it makes me sad with myself. And, and, and God's grace is still there, but poor, wretched person that I am because I just can't do it. I just can't get it right. And Paul tells us that, but that's because we're in the flesh. And that's the problem with the flesh is the flesh is falling and the flesh is corrupt. But we have been given the spirit of Christ not to fall back into that, that you're absolutely right. We can't do this on our own, but through the very spirit of Christ that dwells within us, we can overcome all things. And that's what he's getting to in the passage that we have shared together this morning. But you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your day, your day today, right here, right now, in this moment, yes, because we are sitting in this beautiful sanctuary singing beautiful music in a holy moment where if you are sinning right now, you do have a gift for that because that's really hard to do. While you're, I mean, it, it's got to be a sin of the thought because y'all aren't moving, right? But you know as well as I do, it's really easy to have our minds on God sitting here in this moment right now in the beauty of this place, withdrawn from the world with all of the images around us. It's a lot different this afternoon when you're stuck in traffic somewhere because you had to run to Walmart like everybody else. And it's very different tomorrow when on Friday you had everything tied up in this project or this thing that's going on at work, and over the weekend the Good Idea Fairy visited someone else in your company or in your business or wherever you work, and now then all the stuff that you had all figured out is now coming apart, and you've got 20 other things to do, and you really want to tell this individual just exactly what you think of them. But you see... You've got the Spirit of God within you. you. You said, I'm following you, Christ. And you have said, I'm willing to, 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 to follow you wherever. I want to be close to you, God. Even if it be a cross that raises me, I want to be close to you, God. Can you be close to God in the meeting tomorrow? Can you be close to God with your teenager this afternoon? Can you be close to God at Walmart this evening? Can you be close to God with your, with your parent or your family member that has that disease that's ravaging them where they take all of their frustrations out on you and they don't even realize they're doing it? Can you be close to God with the arguments and the waywardness. Can you be close to God on Facebook 
or Twitter or social media? Can you be close to God if you're a Republican talking to your Democratic friends? Can you be close to God if you're a Democrat talking to your Republican friends? Can you be close to God if you ain't even really sure which one of them camps you fall into? Can you be close to God in every one of the moments where the stuff starts to churn up in you and you feel justified in slamming someone who has been made in the same image of God as you. But we forget because the language that surrounds whatever it is that we're talking about is us or them, as if them is less than us. You see, Christ came and did what the law couldn't because the law at its very nature creates an us and them. Either you are under the law or you are not under the law. And guess what? There's not a single person that's ever actually been under the law because we couldn't keep it. We couldn't keep it to save our lives, literally. So Christ came. And Christ justified all of the law's requirements and said, now I'm giving you grace. Now here's, here's the catch to grace. Just as you've received it, just as you've experienced it, and just as you live in it, I want you to go and share it. So just like you've been unloving and I still loved you, I want you to love all the unlovable folks you come into contact with. When the times were when you were arguing and and fighting and fussing and falling apart and having a no good, very bad day. And I didn't reject you, but instead I've wrapped you up in my arms and I lifted you up. Then I want you to do that for others, even the ones you think don't deserve it. When you were far away from me and I brought you back, I want you to show that same grace and love. When I let you slap me and curse me and stick thorns in my head and nails in my hands and feet, when I let you do that and mock me, I want you to be willing to turn the other cheek for someone else. Because you see, in our humanness, we can't do this. That is so against every fiber of our being because every fiber of our being has been corrupted. But we're still made in the image of God. And in responding to God's offer of grace, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And since we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, then... We no longer walk according to the flesh and set our minds on things of the flesh, but rather in the Spirit who dwells with us now and for eternity. So the great good news is that, yes, there is coming a great and glorious unclouded day. But you know what? You can live into that right now. Yes, the kingdom of God is not what it will be in its fullness when Christ returns. But the kingdom of God has broken in, and we're already a part of it. We're already citizens thereof. 
And we're showing the world what this looks like. You are not in the flesh to be slaves of the flesh, to die in the flesh. You have been made righteous through the Spirit of God to live in the Spirit, to be a child of God. May we go forth. May we live and truly embrace the grace and love of God that we have been given. May we each have the courage and fortitude and steadfastness to be willing to die for Christ if that's what it is required. But may we do the even harder thing. And may we choose this day the one that we will serve. And may we be willing to live for Christ our Lord. For it's in the grace and love of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m., and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.